What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Somno instruction. And rightist pills. And jet-propelled vigilantes. We lived through the cold out. When you weren't supposed to turn on a toaster for fear its heat would be a target for prowl missiles, and when people with fevers were unpopular. We lived through... Gusterson patted her hand. You go below, he said. Come back when you've decided this is different. Come back as soon as you can, anyway. I'll be worried about you every minute you're down there. When she was gone, in a green suit and hat to minimize or at least justify the effect of the faded stripes, Gusterson doled out to the children provender and equipment for a camping expedition to the next floor. Iago led them off in stealthy Indian file. Leaving the hall door open, Gusterson got out his thirty-eight and cleaned and loaded it, meanwhile concentrating on a chess problem with the idea of confusing a hypothetical psionic monitor. By the time he had hid the revolver again, he heard the elevator creaking back up. Daisy came dragging in without her hat, looking as if she'd been concentrating on a chess problem for hours herself, and just now given up. Her stripes seemed to have vanished. Then Gusterson decided this was because her whole complexion was a touch green. She sat down on the edge of the couch and said without looking at him, did you tell me, Gusterson, that everybody was quiet and abstracted and orderly down below? Especially the ones wearing ticklers, meaning pretty much everybody? I did, he said. I take it that's no longer the case. What are the new symptoms? She gave no indication. After some time, she said, Gusterson, do you remember the Doré illustrations of the Inferno? Can you visualize the paintings of Hieronymus Bosch with the hordes of proto-Freudian devils tormenting people all over the farmyard and city square? Did you ever see the Disney animations of Mazorsky's witches' Sabbath music? Back in the foolish days before you married me, did that drug-addict girlfriend of yours ever take you to a genuine orgy? As bad as that, eh? She nodded emphatically and all of a sudden shivered violently. Several shades worse, she said. If they decide to come topside, she shot up. Where are the kids? Upstairs, camping in the mysterious wilderness of the twenty-first floor, Gusterson reassured her. Let's leave them there until we're ready to— He broke off. They both heard the faint sound of thudding footsteps. They're on the stairs, Daisy whispered, starting to move toward the open door. But are they coming from up or down? It's just one person, judged Gusterson, moving after his wife. Too heavy for one of the kids. The footsteps doubled in volume and came rapidly closer. Along with them there was an agonized gasping. Daisy stopped, 
staring fearfully at the open doorway. Gusterson moved past her, then he stopped too. Fay stumbled into view and would have fallen on his face except he clutched both sides of the doorway halfway up. He was stripped to the waist. There was a little blood on his shoulder. His narrow chest was arching convulsively, the ribs standing out starkly as he sucked in oxygen to replace what he'd burned up running up twenty-five flights. His eyes were wild. They've taken over, he panted. Another gobbling breath. Gone crazy. Two more gasps. Gotta stop him. His eyes filmed. He swayed forward. Then Gusterson's big arms were around him, and he was carrying him to the couch. Daisy came running from the kitchen with a damp, cool towel. Gusterson took it from her and began to mop Fay off. He sucked in his own breath as he saw that Fay's right ear was raw and torn. He whispered to Daisy, Look at where that thing savaged him. The blood on Fay's shoulder came from his ear. Some of it stained a flush-skin plastic fitting that had two small valved holes in it and that puzzled Gusterson until he remembered that Moodmaster tied into the bloodstream. For a second he thought he was going to vomit. The dazed look slid aside from Fay's eyes. He was gasping less painfully now. He sat up, pushing the towel away, buried his face in his hands for a few seconds, then looked over the fingers at the two of them. I've been living in a nightmare for the last week, he said, in a taut, small voice. Knowing the thing had come alive and trying to pretend to myself that it hadn't. Knowing it was taking charge of me more and more. Having it whisper in my ear over and over again in a cracked little rhyme that I could only hear every hundredth time. Day by day, in every way, you're learning to listen and obey. Day by day. His voice started to go high. He pulled it down and continued harshly. I ditched it this morning when I showered. It let me break contact to do that. It must have figured it had complete control of me, mounted or dismounted. I think it's telepathic, and then it did some, well, rather unpleasant things to me late last night. But I pulled together my fears and my will, and I ran for it. The slidewalks were chaos. The Mark VI ticklers showed some purpose, though I couldn't tell you what. But as far as I could see, the Mark III's and IV's were just cooching their mounts to death. Chinese feather torture, giggling, gasping, choking, gales of mirth. People are dying of laughter. Ticklers! The irony of it! It was the complete lack of order and sanity, and that let me get topside. There were things I saw— Once again his voice went shrill. He clapped his hand to his mouth and rocked back and forth on the couch. Gusterson gently but firmly laid a hand on his good shoulder. Steady, he said. Here, swallow this. Fay shoved aside the short brown drink. We've got to stop them, he cried. Mobilize the topsiders, contact the wilderness patrols and manned satellites, pour ether in the tunnel air pumps, invent and crash manufacture missiles that will home on ticklers without harming humans. SOS Mars and Venus, dope the shelter water supply, do something! Gussie, you don't realize what people are going through down there every second! I think they're experiencing the ultimate in outer directedness, Gusterson said gruffly. Have you no heart? Fay demanded. His eyes widened as if he were seeing Gusterson for the first time, then accusingly, pointing a shaking finger. You invented the tickler, George Gusterson. It's all your fault. You've got to do something about it. 
before Gusterson could retort to that, or begin to think of a reply, or even assimilate the full enormity of Fay's statement, he was grabbed from behind and frog-marched away from Fay, and something that felt remarkably like the muzzle of a large-caliber gun was shoved in the small of his back. Under cover of Fay's outburst, a huge crowd of people had entered the room from the hall. Eight, to be exact. But the weirdest thing about them to Gusterson was that from the first instant he had the impression that only one mind had entered the room, and that it did not reside in any of the eight persons, even though he recognized three of them, but in something that they were carrying. Several things contributed to this impression. The eight people all had the same blank expression, watchful yet empty-eyed. They all moved in the same slithery crouch, and they all had taken off their shoes. Perhaps, Gusterson thought wildly, they believed he and Daisy ran a Japanese flat. Gusterson was being held by two burly women, one of them quite pimply. He considered stamping on her toes, but just at that moment the gun dug in his back with a corkscrew movement. The man holding the gun on him was Fay's colleague, Davidson. Some yards beyond Fay's couch, Kester was holding a gun on Daisy without digging it into her while the single strange man holding Daisy herself was doing so quite decorously, a circumstance which afforded Gusterson minor relief, since it made him feel less guilty about not going berserk. Two more strange men, one of them in purple lounging pajamas, the other in the gray uniform of a slidewalk inspector, had grabbed Fay's skinny upper arms, one on either side, and were lifting him to his feet while Fay was struggling with such desperate futility and gibbering so pitifully that Gusterson momentarily had second thoughts about the moral imperative to go berserk when menaced by hostile force. But again the gun dug into him with a twist. Approaching Fay face-on was the third microman Gusterson had met yesterday, Hazen. It was Hazen who was carrying quite reverently or solemnly, or at any rate very carefully, the object that seemed to Gusterson to be the mind of the little storm troop presently desecrating the sanctity of his own individual home. All of them were wearing ticklers, of course. The three micro-men, the heavy emergent Mark Sixes with their clawed and jointed arms and monocular cephalic turrets. The rest lower-numbered marks of the sort that merely made Richard the Third humps under clothing. The object that Hazen was carrying was the Mark VI tickler Gusterson had seen Fay wearing yesterday. Gusterson was sure it was Pooh-Bah because of its air of command and because he would have sworn on a mountain of Bibles that he recognized the red fleck lurking in the back of its single eye. And Pooh-Bah alone had the aura of full conscious thought. Pooh-Bah alone had mana. It is not good to see an evil legless child robot with dangling straps bossing, apparently by telepathic power, not only three objects of its own kind and five close primitive relatives, but also eight human beings, and in addition throwing into a state of twitching terror one miserable thin-chested half-crazy research and development director. Pooh-Bah pointed a claw at Fay. Fay's handlers dragged him forward, still resisting, but more feebly now, as if half-hypnotized, or at least cowed. Gusterson grunted and outraged, Hey! and automatically struggled a bit, but once more the gun dug in. Daisy shut her eyes, then firmed her mouth and opened them again to look. Seating the tickler on Fay's shoulder took a little time, because two blunt spikes in the bottom had to be fitted into the valved holes in the flush-skin plastic disc. When at last they plunged home, Gusterson felt very sick indeed. 
and then even more so as the tickler itself poked a tiny pellet on a fine wire into Fay's ear. The next moment Fay had straightened up and motioned his handlers aside. He tightened the straps of his tickler around his chest and under his armpits, and he held out a hand, and somebody gave him a shoulderless shirt and coat. He slipped into them smoothly. Poobah, dexterously using its little claws to help put its turret and body through the neatly hemmed holes. The small storm troop looked at Fay with deferential expectation. He held still for a moment, as if thinking, and then walked over to Gusterson and looked him in the face, and again held still. Fay's expression was jaunty on the surface, agonized underneath. Gusterson knew that he wasn't thinking at all, but only listening for instructions from something that was whispering on the very threshold of his inner ear. "'Gussy, old boy,' Fay said, twitching a depthless grin. "'I'd be very much obliged if you'd answer a few simple questions.' His voice was hoarse at first, but he swallowed twice and corrected that. "'What exactly did you have in mind when you invented the ticklers? What exactly are they supposed to be?' Why, you miserable— Gusterson began in a kind of confused horror. Then he got a hold of himself and said curtly, They were supposed to be mech-reminders. They were supposed to record memoranda, and— Fay held up a palm and shook his head and again listened for a space. Then— That's how ticklers were supposed to be of use to humans, he said. I, I don't mean that at all. I mean how ticklers were supposed to be of use to themselves. Surely you— had some notion. Fay wet his lips. If it's any help, he added, keep in mind that it's not Fay who's asking this question, but Poobah. Gusterson hesitated. He had the feeling that every one of the eight dual beings in the room was hanging on his answer, and that something was boring into his mind. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.